Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello, it's Thursday, and we're with Messages and Methods, and I'm Shelley Carney. And I'm Toby Unis. Let me give you the pitch. Uh, make sure that before you leave today, you like our video. Before you leave watching it, like our video, YouTube likes it when you like our videos. Share with your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business associates, the entirety of your social media network. That way we can grow the channel. And finally, if you're not already a subscriber, this would be the ideal time to subscribe. Click on that notifications bell, and that way every time we start a live stream, you will be immediately informed and as a result in the know. Shelly? And if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you follow and leave us a review. That's always really helpful for us and for anybody who stumbles across our podcast in the future. Let Leave your mark, right? Let everybody know what you think. I say, leave a comment and a review. That way you get to express yourself. That's yeah, it. do it. All right, let's get into our topic for today, which is five things you should never tell your business partner. And we're going to make this very personal because Toby and I have been business partners for about 10 years. And uh, we're going to, you know, kind of incorporate the things you should never tell your business partner into what we've lived and experienced ourselves. So here are the five things I feel you should never tell your business partner. No, I'm not willing to try that. Uh, there's a lot of things we have to try when we're putting together a business. We have to try things to see if they're going to work or not. And, uh, you know, if you're just never going to try anything, then you're not going to know what works and what doesn't. You want to take number two? Um, you should be more like her or him. Uh, it, it is the nature of humanity that if you cause someone... Uh, to think about themselves by making themselves uh, by making a comparison to someone that you know, but they may or may not, uh, you're going to actually cause a certain amount of a psychological conflict uh, because they're going to start wondering why you appreciate that other person more than you do them. <laughs> Number three, you should or shouldn't do that. Should and shouldn't instills shame, uh, and it's usually something that somebody can't do anything about, like. Oh, you should have taken care of that a month ago. Well, they can't take care of that a month ago. It's today. So move forward. So don't should on other people. Number four, I can't do that or I'm not good at doing that. Uh, that is the establishment of an obstacle by the individual. Uh, and sometimes you just need to help them overcome the obstacle. You cannot overcome the obstacle. They have to come that uh, come overcome it themselves, and they have to do it with uh, additional information, additional data, a sense of thoughtfulness about the topic. So if you do hear that, that doesn't mean necessarily you can't break through that. You just have to kind of stand back and let them break through that if you're serious about uh, where you're going with it. That's right. You may say, I can or can't do that, but that's just what you, you know, that's your story. So you can change your story, um, but only when you're ready. Number five is 
you tell some, don't tell your secret desires unless you want your business partner to help you make them happen. Uh, because if, uh, if I were to say, oh, I've always wanted to write a book and Toby said, well, let's write a book. And I would say, well, you know, uh, I'm not ready for that. Uh, that's, that's not what I want. And he would say, well, you told me that. And well, that was a secret desire. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that. Well, then keep it a secret. So if a secret desire is something you really want to make happen, then go ahead and tell people about it. But otherwise, keep it to yourself. These are the projects that, to some of the projects, not even all of the projects, these are some of the projects that Toby and I have done together since 2012, starting with New Mexico Media Makers. And you see the photograph there. Uh, if you're watching the video, you see the photograph of Mike Gaba, Catherine Palafis-Jones, me, uh, Toby, and then the person's back is uh, Stephen Michael Casada, who was one of our first interviews on that show. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We did 13 episodes, interviewed 25 people, and uh, we enjoyed it a lot, but it got to the point where I was going to have to go out and gather up uh, sponsors, and I just I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to make that happen, and I didn't uh, express that to anybody, and I didn't want to you know, create a business out of it, I think, at the same time, because mm -hmm. it would have required me going out and getting sponsorships and then starting to pay the people uh, who were doing the work, which it, this was all a volunteer thing. But anyway, uh, we also did short films and documentaries. We wrote short screenplays. Uh, we had a business called Streaming New Mexico that Toby started. We did a New Mexico Film Week. Toby shot it, and I was like, on camera with it. The uh, anchor. The you were anchor. the anchor. Yeah. I came up with this stuff to talk about and uh, some of the on-screen graphics, and he shot it. We did commercials and trade shows. Uh, we did the Gypsy's Kiss YouTube show and the Gypsy's Kiss book and treasure hunt. And now we are AGK Media Studio. Do you want to show them some of those videos that we have created together in the... Uh, these videos are on this channel. If you're watching on YouTube, Messages and Methods, if you go way back, um, you can see Catherine and Mike right talking there. to John Hendry. That was right uh, one of the interview. One of the last interviews was the last interview we did for that show. And then you have to go up. I do, but all, I want to see some of the other stuff. That's all your stuff. I didn't is do it? any of that. Oh, all right. That's none of me. So this is where we started working together. <laughs> that, yep. On this channel, that's where we started. And then uh, it took a while for us to do much, but we did Dancing in the Dark together. Okay. That was just a trailer that we created to, as a proposal. Uh, we did that commercial together, didn't we? Nope. The food you don't know? Nope. We did Shine Boys together. Uh -huh. That was another, uh, what do they call them? It was, uh, a, it was a, well, it was a proposal, proposal trailer. Proposal trailer, yeah. yeah. Uh, sizzle reel or something. Uh -huh. I don't know what you call it. Um then New Mexico Film and Media Day, we were there together. I, I interviewed uh, Betsy Brandt, and that's and, the interview. And we used to we used to go to that every year, and we would go and set up as uh, like a media company would, like a like a TV station would, with lights, camera, and an interviewer. Okay, and on. we would just take uh, come back and pick that up. And we would just take advantage of that and uh, build out those interviews. <laughs> Jody says, and you want to display that comment? Yeah, that's a good one. She says, and you guys never let COVID slow your business work down like the rest of us. Glad you keep putting out content. Well, thank you. Thanks. I'm glad you keep showing up. 
that's why we do it. So what else? Uh, we did the Santa Fe Labor Film Festival. Which is where we interview. put in those two uh, proposals, right? Yeah. Uh, let's oh, see. here's a short we did. Oh, yeah. Sting. You shot that, and I acted in it. And it was for a director, a woman, who was actually required to write a short film and uh, direct it. And it was for her class, for her film class at um, the College of Santa Fe. Yeah, before they closed. <laughs> it was a, it was a filmmaking school, basically. Uh, Adelante, I helped with a little bit. That was a documentary yeah. that we did for the um, IATSE uh, labor union, the film labor union here in Albuquerque. And then Film Week premiering. Well, that was just a, like a little... That was a promo, yeah. Promo premiere thing. Same with that. Uh, we that did... was one of the interviews. Oh, yeah. Joy Junction. That mm -hmm. was an interview we did. And that was uh, because Exhibit had chosen them as the nonprofit of the year. Mm -hmm. And their prize was to have Get this, their own commercial. this commercial interview. Yeah. And then uh, Caffeine and Gasoline, we worked on together for um, somebody else. <laughs> but we did a lot of work on it for free. <laughs> Do you remember these? Uh no. So those were commercials that we shot at uh, that studio that we built for the, uh, I forgot the name of the, the, it was a nonprofit. Remember we built out West? a studio for West. Oh, okay. Right. Now? And then uh, they started promoting the idea that some of their uh, business owners could come in and shoot commercials in the studio that we built. Yeah. So we built that together. Um, let's see. We did this interview together. Mark Chalam. Yeah. And uh, uh, solar energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we did the roofing convention in uh, Las Vegas. <laughs> we were invited to this roofing convention just so we could gather content to do commercials for them. Yeah, yeah. West, 32nd spot. Uh, that was uh, Gordon's house, right? Right, Gordon. And uh, we did that for the realtor and for Gordon. We shot the the house and, you know. Uh, he was trying to sell it at the time. Then uh, hashtag now we did that for a competition. It was short. Uh, a, 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 the champagne. Yeah, it's for the champagne. Moet was Moet. Yeah, Moet. Moet. Um, more caffeine and gasoline stuff, and then we had destination. Remember, we were going to do those destination videos. Kind of like what we're doing now. Yeah, except it was more about the businesses. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and and getting there and being a part of the business and. That really didn't take off. This was always at the studio. This was also at the studio where we volunteered to shoot. Um, what do they do it when you're auditions? Trying? Auditions. Yeah. And they they didn't have a place. All these people needed film auditions for a project, and they didn't have any place to do it. So we volunteered our studio facility to do them. And I don't know. We shot like twenty five auditions in a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. Then we did a short documentary, uh, Shredder and Sativa. That was a of, what do you call it? Four, it's not a 48. It was a 72 no, hour. 72 hour documentary film documentary festival. Yeah. You had to shoot the entire shoot documentary. And edit and all of it. And deliver it in 72 hours. Yep. And uh, Video Tarot, that was a commercial for Video Tarot that we made uh, to sell our products. A short film that I wrote and Toby shot called Comfort. And uh, more commercials for Exhibit. Oh, uh, that was sponsors. the escape room, right? Mm -hmm. They're sponsors. Then we shot this music video for uh, classical guitarist Lynn McGrath. Um, 
then we tried doing these live streams on uh, because Facebook was offering us the ability to, to do live streams and mm -hmm. we, we started testing it, testing it out. Populism versus, versus journalism. That's kind of when we were starting to get into live streaming our own mm -hmm. shows. Right. And then Critter Chase is our 48 hour I, film. I like how YouTube just picks some random short to put up there to let it roll out. Like, uh, I'm just looking at the sky. <laughs> we're going to talk more about that later. All right. Cover it. I look at Mike and his cat. Yeah. Bless his heart. Sugar. That's just the, This was some footage that I collected. Another commercial, another commercial kind of shot. a demo reel, sizzle reel. So we, at the time, we were kind of testing a lot of different equipment. So we'd go out and do the test and add it to it. And then in my travels, I started shooting time lapses of yeah. everything. And um, those are all time lapses. These are all time traveling. lapses from from uh, traveling, including Cadillac. Cadillac Ranch. Yep. But you were traveling by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then so, we tried putting together different equipment, the different things like that. And um, that one is live stream to Facebook with Mevo. So Mevo was this. And we were talking about the women's march. Right. Yeah. So more advertising. We did a lot. We did some, uh, I don't want to say a lot. Bienvenidos. We did some <laughs> Bienvenidos al Mercado. So we would do um, uh, free advertising for nonprofits. And since both of my oldest children belong to the Spanish Colonial Art Society, we used to do a lot of promotions for them, just kind of, you know, because I have a lot of footage from it. I had done by that time, uh, well, you know what? We don't have this on there where we started working together with the 13 episodes of Spanish Colonial Art and Artists. That's where we started. And none well, of it's on yeah, here. But that, that was, belonged to them. You were paying students to help you. Yeah, wasn't true. Partnership. Yeah, exactly. Um, more live streaming to Facebook, talking about our portable live streaming rig. <clears throat> Those are shows we did just talk to trying to launch a live stream show. And after we tried that for a while, we finally switched over to a gypsy's kiss. A gypsy's kiss. Yeah. yeah. But we learned everything that we wanted to learn about exactly. live streaming by live streaming from literally that's my kitchen table there. That's right. We exhibit promo we it. did for exhibit. Yep. Here's Toby just talking about his stuff. Yep. Here's the this is the video that has forty six thousand views, <laughs> and it's basically a walk around of a and and actually uh, Shelly was involved in That's that. That's true. Because Kevin and I helped build it. Kevin and Shelly helped me build it. It was one of those Harbor Freight trailers, and I was going to put this boat on it right there. And eventually, I and sold did, both right of there. them. Yeah. Then that was about the only time they saw each other. I sold everything right after that. <laughs> so and then we started our travel videos. That one is the. Uh, Jennifer Hayden, National Museum of Nuclear Science and History. Right. And that one—that was kind that of, one's on our travel channel. That now. was kind of uh, New Mexico day trip style, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then the Petroglyph Park as well. Oh, and Spanish Market. Those were all kind of early days of of, of one uh, New trips. Mexico day trips. Yeah, yeah. Then we got into diecast cars and restoring vehicles and making videos out of that. That was an expensive adventure because you had to buy, all, I had to buy all this new equipment. Yeah, I had to. And, uh, but <laughs> if you want to know about sandblasting or powder coating or, uh, you know, I can do that. And these have uh, uh, not a lot of views. Some this of them have more than others. 3,000, 5,000. 
So there was one up there, 8.6 for that little Tonka ambulance. Yeah. So then we started doing the real small cars, the, the Hot Wheels cars. And um, that was a lot of fun. And then during COVID, we were working with Dr. Brown. Dr. Brown on uh, doing his, we did 33 episodes with him. Yeah, something like that. And then we moved into what we're doing today. So... Uh, so it doesn't show any of the live streams that we did way back when. Well, right? you're not in the live se section. Oh, I see. You're in the oh, okay. uh, video section. They've separated them out now. We had a bunch of stuff going back there, on, even on live stream that we were working together on. Look at us. Yeah, it doesn't go back that far because we didn't start live streaming on YouTube until 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Next. So the point she's trying to make here is that we've been doing a lot of work together over the and past. And trying things. Yeah. You got to try things. Yeah. So uh, when we started streaming New Mexico in 2014, one of the first jobs that we got was uh, live streaming an interview with Lawrence Real because he was running as the Democratic candidate for governor of New Mexico. And uh, this is the Streaming New Mexico team. Toby wanted me to do the interview. And uh, we set it up in his home. And, uh, you know, I, I think I had learned quite a bit about interviewing at that point because we had done uh, New Mexico Media Makers. So I got to see people doing good interviews. And then uh, when we went to um, the, the Capitol, the media day at the Capitol, I was interviewing people. Mm -hmm one after the other after the other, mm -hmm. and you guys would go out and bring them in, and mm -hmm. I would interview them on camera. So I got a lot of practice uh, doing interviews the way you had taught me to do it. So you said, you do the interview. And when you do the interview, be like Rachel Maddow, because <laughs> Rachel Maddow is one of Toby's favorite journalists, and she is a journalist. She's a journalist. She's, She's very not. good at digging out information uh, about a topic and presenting it. She's got a brand new uh, podcast out that's that's very in-depth uh, about a particular topic. So he wanted me to do something like that and be like her in a very professional manner. Well, I'm not Rachel Maddow. I'm me. So <laughs> I was somewhat offended that uh, he would suggest that I needed to be like somebody else. And again, that's why I say don't tell people you should be more like somebody that I like, you know, instead of somebody that I maybe don't like. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that was good about streaming New Mexico is it gave me the opportunity uh, to create a technology platform that instead of ri um, uh, uh, requiring a, you know, three-ton vehicle to carry around, required a big black box that was two feet by two feet by two feet. Uh, it was a cube and it had all the technology that we needed to do a live stream in any situation with uh, four cameras, three microphones, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a good experience for me because not only was I able to engineer the solution, um, but I was able to use it to direct technically whatever um, uh, we were doing. From left to right, that's Toby, his oldest daughter, Sean Wells. That's Lawrence Rayal, who is now, I think, working for Tim Keller uh, mm -hmm. in the Albuquerque mayoral office uh, cabinet mm -hmm. uh then there's me with red hair then his son uh jason eunice and then uh sue scott and sean scott and we've done 
we're still hanging out with those people. They're just awesome people and we wanted to work with them. So we brought them all together and that was a lot of fun. And and they wore uniforms. Remember Toby made us wear uniforms. I made them wear uniforms. And and I, gave, I gave my shirt away. <laughs> name badges. <laughs> yeah, it was there they were very masculine shirts. Yeah. Look like pilots. Uh-huh. Uh another thing that Toby said to me one day was I can't write a screenplay. I want to write a screenplay. And he showed me all the books he had that he'd read up on it. And, and he was trying to understand the, the formatting and how to write one and all of this. And I said, uh, yeah, you, we can do this. So I sat down at his computer and uh, I think I opened up Caltech. Caltech's? Caltech's? Mm-hmm. At that point, Caltech. I opened up Caltech's because they had a free version at that point in time. It was a screenwriting uh, application in cloud-based. So I opened that up and I said, okay, start telling me what you want it to say. And I would type what he said. And then after a few minutes, he got up and looked at it and he was amazed because he understood that he could write a screenplay if he wanted to. It was that easy. So together we wrote our first screenplay. It was a short. It's a how many pages? I don't remember. Was it only 10 pages? Something like that? It had to be... I think it had to be 10 pages, 10 pages or, less. Or, or less. Yeah. So it was about 10 pages. Because each each page of a screenplay is the equivalent of one minute on screen. Something like that, yeah. Average. Uh, so we called it Scratching Cat. And the story was all from Toby's brain. And uh, we wrote it together. I just helped him, you know flesh it out and get it into the right format and made a few suggestions here and there. And we submitted it to the women in film uh, local was having a competition for uh, short screen plays, uh, 10 pages or less focused on a, a story where the woman is the main character, the protagonist. And we won an Athena award for our Short screenplay, Scratch and Cat. That's how good it is. Yeah. And it was based on... And one of the prizes was that book, and then the we woman got a check the story. for yeah. $100 or something Yeah, as well. that's pretty good. Yeah. First, uh, so we're award-winning screenwriters is what we that's like right. to say. That's right. So we can write a screenplay. And once we realized we could, we started writing more. And Toby wanted to make a 48-hour film uh, in the 48 hour film project. I, at one point in time was an associate producer in Albuquerque for the 48 hour film project. So I knew all about what went into making one, but I had never made one. So he wanted to make one and I was no longer an associate producer. So, uh, I said, all right, are you sure? Cause this is gonna, it's, it's gonna be hard. <laughs> he wanted to do it. Uh, so we participated, we drew, you get to draw two slips, uh, for genre, and then you get to choose one of the two. And we chose road trip because mm-hmm. the other one was period piece and we didn't have an art department to put together anything for a period piece. So we went with, uh, road trip and I was not exactly thrilled either because I knew we were going to spend the day, a July day in the desert in the car. And uh, it was going to be a long, hot day. And it was. Uh, But we had a really great team. We worked really hard together. And we put out a film called Critter Chase. And uh, the thing about the team is it was relatively small in comparison to other teams that we saw. 
because eventually they, they show these films at the chemo theater in downtown Albuquerque and you meet the other teams that are working. And some of those teams had 20 people. We did it with about six, I think, uh, excluding the actors. And for the actors, again, they were our friends. Mike Gaba is our good friend. That's his cat. Uh, Sugar. Sugar. And then uh, my... Her we, screen name was Princess. My granddaughter, um, uh, Pony <laughs> Najoni, uh, was one of the characters. And Mike was the dad. There was no mom, right? That was kind of the... I was the mom. Oh, okay. All right. <sighs> Sorry. We're right there together. <laughs> okay. Look at us. We're like the well, mom I and dad. Well, I thought you were producer and I was director. I didn't well, remember. actually, if we'd had a different actress play the mom, it might have been... Uh, easier time of it because I could have organized all of the footage into folders, but I didn't have time to do that because I was on screen for well, most we of counted the on, day. Was it Janet? Was No, 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 not Janet. Well, uh, Cherie was doing it and I thought Alicia was going to be able to come and yeah. then she had to do something else yeah. that day. So. so it made it a little bit harder, but you've got from uh, uh, Friday night is when you get the slip and you have till Sunday evening at seven o'clock to deliver the finished product to the competition. And of course he didn't sleep the whole time. Eh, that wasn't the first time. But we had to, after we drew what we wanted to use for our genre, then he and I went back to his apartment uh, with Kevin and wrote the screenplay. And it had to be like, I think it was seven pages long or something Seven like minutes. It's a limited yeah. to seven minutes. So we couldn't have it more than seven minutes, seven pages. We knew that. And then we, you know, threw some things out there. And how about if, uh, you know, a police officer pulls you over? And I was like, well, then we have to get somebody in, who has a police car and a police uniform and they have to agree to do it. And, and we don't have a lot of time to set that up. So how about no? <laughs> so we didn't do that. So we had to come up with things that we already had on hand uh, that we could make happen in in a day. We made it to the final 10, right? Yeah, we were in the top 10. Yeah, we were made it to the final 10. And then the winners were uh, tended to be uh, what I would refer to as younger teams with younger ideas you know they, they were very contemporary in terms of what youth were seeing that, and they but it had was good shot change. a lot of films together yeah 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 and we were a put together team but yeah we did good anyway you should get back into the treasure hunt <laughs> there's another should but uh toby did listen to my suggestion he first asked me why why are you saying that why do you think that and then uh, we showed you the videos that we were doing live uh, to promote Video Tarot, and he felt like it was kind of not working. So how about we do a YouTube channel about something different? And the two came together that we should do a YouTube channel about the treasure hunt. So we started a Gypsy's Kiss. So by this time, one of the byproduct benefits, I mean, yes, I, I had been looking for the treasure hunt. I, I'm sorry, the treasure. And, but I hadn't, I was blogging about it. I had a blog called The Gypsy's Kiss. And that's where all my thoughts about the treasure hunt were going. I didn't think about uh, either video making or live streaming um, until after we were doing it. And uh, because Shelly didn't say just, you need to start looking for the treasure again because they stopped looking for the treasure while we were building out streaming New Mexico. And then eventually we sold that business, but she said, you need to start um, looking for the treasure again. And when I asked why, 
because I hadn't even thought about it for a while. You know, it had been three years, literally, since I even thought about it, other than doing a couple of favors for Forrest uh, in, in terms of live streaming. And it was, I, I know this sounds weird, but it was actually Forrest, uh, Finn, the hider of the treasure, that helped me get more confident. I don't want maybe confidence, not the right word, more more motivated. motivated towards live streaming because he wanted to, uh, he wanted, he asked if I would make a video for one of his events. And uh, by this time I was actually posting videos on YouTube, but they were interview videos. They were interview of the interviews, more like podcasts. They weren't even live streams. They were simply interviews over the phone that I was doing with uh, various uh, treasure hunters. He was tied into that somehow. And so he asked me, can you put this event? It was the when he gave away the bronze jar uh, for Renal Jacobson. He said, can we put that on your YouTube channel? I said, or can you make come and video it? He said. And then he called back a day later and he said, could we live stream it? And uh, I said, I didn't know because at that point I literally had nothing but big truck uh you know, business experience with live streaming. While I was in Washington, D.C., I did a couple of events. I managed, I technically directed a couple of events for uh, broadcast news that required, you know, literally a truckload of equipment and 10 or 12 people. And so that was my perspective of live streaming. And he said, can you live stream this? I said, I didn't know. So I started researching it. And that's when I found out that live streaming had been reduced to a box about the size of a big pack of cigarettes, for lack of a better way to describe it. And uh, I said, it's $500. I told him I can do it, but it's going to cost $500. Because up until that point, the deal was, would you do this as a favor to me? And he said, um, he's, I asked him, will you pay for it? And he said, yes. And uh, so I got the box and we live streamed that event. And that was, I think, in 2014. Mm-hmm. And then there just wasn't a lot of live streaming activity for me between then and when Shelly... Except for other people. Right. We would do streaming New Mexico for other people. That's right. Yeah. So all the time we were learning. And again, the box that I was using, that little red box that I was talking about, that actually sat on top of the two by two by two foot cube full of technology that needed you to get those four cameras, three microphones, et cetera, into that one little red box. So it's it was significantly reduced in terms of a um, technology. It was no longer a you know truck. It was down to the box and the little red converter. And then when Shelly called about a Gypsy's Kiss, she said, "And we need to start a YouTube channel." Now at that point, although we had done some live streaming together on Video Tarot, right? Yeah. We, the plan for this channel for A Gypsy's Kiss was going to be, we're just going to make videos, upload them, etc. And I don't know where we decided to start live streaming. When we hit a thousand. Oh, that's right. Because the limitation was you have to have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. Is it? Yeah, 4,000 hours of watch time. Yep. So we hit that. And then by that time, the little red box had been reduced to a... I don't even have anything. Mevo. Mevo, which was a camera and live streaming. You you plugged your live stream into the camera and it was round. It was like um, about this. It was smaller than a cup, right? But it was called a Mevo and that enabled you to live stream. The only bad thing about it is it had a piece of software uh, that you used it with, an app. 
that you used it with on your on your smart device, and the app was really hinky. You, it was unpredictable, uh, and that made it tough. So we started investigating other options, and eventually we got to the point where we were using OBS on the platform and uh, you know on a desktop or a, or a laptop, and we had gotten pretty good at the whole live streaming thing, building studios, etc. It's kind of where we are today. Jody says, I remember the live thrill of the chase shows. It was brand new on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I can't write a book. Toby had always told this story. He had a couple of stories he told all the time and people would always tell him, you should write a book about that. You should write a book. And he'd say, oh, I just don't have the patience to sit down and write a book. Well, when the treasure was found, I forced him to find the patients. <laughs> uh, we ended up hiding a treasure. And in order to do that, we had to drive to Louisiana. Uh, so Toby and I sat in the front and Kevin sat in the back and we drove his little red truck to Louisiana. And I had a laptop on my lap and I was typing and Toby was telling the story as he was driving us through Texas. So as we drove the somewhat of the route that he took uh, when he was 15 that we were writing about, we were driving that route so things could come back to him as we were driving. And some things are fiction, but most of it is uh, fact and a little bit of, you know, what he could remember and adjustments for, you know, um, not quite sure if it was that way or not, or if I made that up in my head, but let's go with it. So <laughs> we, we wrote the book, A Gypsy's Kiss and A Treasure Hunt Adventure. And uh, some of it I had to, you know, I'd say it needs more character development here. We can't jump from this to this. And he would say, well, then write a scene. And I'd be like, but I wasn't there. He's like, ah, oh, you know, enough, make it up. So some of the stuff I wrote, <laughs> which is why my name's on there. and uh, But most of it was from him and his memories. Well, see, the other thing, too, is that this is an event that had taken place 55 years ago. And so uh, as we are wont to do with our memories, we have a tendency in order to make them good stories, we embellish them. And they had, in my own mind, got to the point where I literally was not sure, did I make, did that happen or did I make that up? And I would have to kind of validate it with where we were and what we were doing. And the other thing that I discovered is that I could take events in my life that were unrelated and incorporate them into the story as if they were related, right? Um, so there was a point at which I used to hang out. I didn't hang out. I spent my summers in at the top of uh, mountains in firewatch stations. And so I had people that I knew from that, people that I met, uh, uh, Bucky McGee, that's, that was his name. Um, and he was a ranger. And he was famous for having been struck by lightning seven times, including uh, two times when he was riding horses and the horses were killed and he wasn't. I mean, there, there was this great story about him. So I wanted to work him into the book. And so we did. It was a true story in the sense that the people existed and I had that experience, but it didn't take part as uh, part of that book. And that's what made it fun is that I could take a lot of my life experiences and incorporate them, even though they weren't necessarily, did I steal my uncle's motorcycle? Yes. I, or did I try to steal? I never got to steal it. He just gave it to me. That occurred. 
And was there a travel on a motorcycle too early? That occurred. Um, it was, was I stopped by a sheriff? Yes, but it wasn't half as dramatic as we wrote it into the book. It did happen. So that was kind of the fun of writing the book is expounding, expanding on the storyline so that we had a lot going for it. Embellishing. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and the nice thing about it is the way we approached it is conversational and that I could drive and talk. And Shelly would write, and then later on, she'd come back and she'd fix it. The other advantage we had is Kevin was sitting in the back, and he was my uh, story protagonist. He wasn't in the story, but he would go, nope, you can't leave New He's Orleans. fact checker. Yeah, yeah, you can't leave because I remember I took a train back from New Orleans. They put me on a train to send me back to Santa Fe. And I said, yeah, we left there at such and such. And he said, nope, there are no trains that head west until 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. He would correct it. And, and he was looking at his iPad and connected to the internet. And, um, and he could check it. And he'd go back to 1963 or 64, whatever period this was. And he'd say, no, they didn't have any trains leaving at that time for New Orleans. That was great about it. So it was a lot of fun. The whole, the whole adventure was part of it. I think by the time we got back, we had 22,000 words, which is a three quarters of the way through the book. Mm -hmm. And then we added, you know, we uh, go, went back and started doing rewrites. And I think we ended up with over 30,000 uh, words in the book, close to 40,000, actually. So it was, a, it was a good experience. And that led to us writing uh, two other books, but they were what I'd call nonfiction. Uh, but they were easier to write, mostly because Shelley did the writing part, so. <laughs> but yeah, we wrote a book. Here's a bonus one. We already did did five of them, but here's a bonus one. I'm not a coach. Toby tells me I'm not a coach. So when you tell somebody you're not something, but they see it in you, then who's right? Uh, is it just a story you're telling yourself? Is it semantics? Sometimes I say, he'll tell me, I say, what's a consultant? And he'll tell me what he did as a consultant. And I'll say, that's the same thing a coach does. So it's semantics. Uh, and he has a hard time with believing that he's a coach because I have a certif certification as a life coach and he doesn't. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I, I know what a coach does. Uh, so, and I see you doing it. So I know that you are a coach. Uh, so and here he is in this picture coaching his granddaughter how to do live streaming. Because she wants to do her own YouTube channel. And she was very excited about it. So, and he interviewed her, drew her out, um, drew out stories about her travels. So the whole time he was doing that, he was acting as a coach, a live streaming coach. So obviously he is a coach. I'm not a coach. It's just a storytelling or semantics. But, um, now at AGK Media Studio, we do offer coaching and training and consulting and done-for-you production services. So obviously he is a coach. Well, it's, if for, it's easier for me because I made a living at it to call myself a consultant. Um, so coaching to me is a, a term that's been um, adopted. The, the only coaching experience I have is I coached girls soccer for 17 years. Um, so I, that's how I see coaching. I don't see coaching as things, people advising you on how to, how to direct your life or how to improve your life. To me, uh, uh, describing myself as a consultant is something comfortable for me because that's what I've done, uh, for a significant part of my career. Uh, besides doing stuff, I, I helped other people 
learn to do stuff as well. And to me, that's a consulting position. So Jody has a question. Do we still have book copies? So we do have, so we do have copies of the gypsy's kiss and, uh, live cast life that we keep here. Um, to give to friends when they come over and we want to impress but them. But all our books are on sale on Amazon. Amazon. If you go to books.agkmedia.studio, yeah. you'll find all our books All three there. books there. And I think that's on here at the bottom, uh, scrolling across the bottom. You can still get them. And you can get Kindle versions as well. That's right. And if you're Kindle Unlimited, you can read for free. Yeah. And share all with family and friends. That's right. Here are some courses that we offer that can help you to tell your business partner it's time to create great content for your marketing and get started on it. Uh, we offer Livecast Lifestyle Implementation Program, which takes you from having nothing all the way to having a content marketing program in place, strategy in place, and email marketing as well, along with the beginnings of creating your own books and uh, your own show, your own podcast, all of it's in there. If you want to get started with that, go to program.agkmedia.studio. If you're just already creating content, but you want to do it more consistently, you've already tried doing YouTube and, and you've done it, but you're not consistent with it and you want to become consistent, uh, take the course How to Create, Publish, and Distribute Content Consistently at course.agkmedia.studio. You'll learn the content consistency framework and schedule that we use to put out four shows a week, and you can get started on that. Uh, we also have a course on Udemy. We do. It's an older course, and it teaches you to use OBS to uh, put out your shows it's a good course if you're just getting started because it's very practical in that mm -hmm. way in terms of getting started. Yeah. It, it gives you an inexpensive and easy way to get started live streaming, even if it is OBS and then you're not using it's something like live streamer. stream like a boss and, and OBS is free. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we use Streamyard, um, and that's a, in our case, $70 a month product. 50, 50. Oh, that's right. We got gave up the team thing. So 50 bucks a month. So you have to be ready for that in order to make that kind of investment. But with OBS in this course that we taught using OBS, that's a freebie. It doesn't cost you anything to get started. Uh, and that's kind of what we did with the Udemy course. What, yeah. What's it called again? Livestream Like a Boss. Yeah, that was the first course. For home-based entrepreneurs. That was one of the first courses that we put together. That's right. Where you said, let's put a course together. And I said, I don't. I can't put a course together. What's wrong with you? Oh, you've done course I curriculum before. Yeah, but putting it up on the on a Udemy. The Udemy platform was a learning experience. It was a learning experience because they had you have to meet certain requirements according but to it them. It teaches you exactly how to do a course yeah. too. Yeah. It so. is really amazing in that sense. So that's five things you should never tell your business partner. If you want to learn more, if you want to express how you want to get started in creating your own show, schedule a video chat with us at consulting.agkmedia.studio. We'd love to talk things over with you. You know what I didn't do? I didn't do the full screen summary. Thing. I know. So you're going to do it now. Okay. I'll grab one when we come visit you guys. Sounds good. Go on down. We'll sign one for you. Ah, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's quickly summarize here. Uh, in almost every instance, it is our natural response to being presented an opportunity to A, not see it as an opportunity, and B, 
to immediately implement some obstacles to achieving that opportunity, right? I can't write a book. I can't write a screenplay. I can't make a Udemy uh, uh, course. So it is in our nature as human beings to do that because we want to protect ourselves. We don't want to be embarrassed because we didn't accomplish it <clears throat> or we didn't complete it. We don't want to be made fun of. And, and when somebody presents us an opportunity like that, the natural reaction is to make sure that you protect yourself. People who say, I just grab at every opportunity uh, is probably an exaggeration. Nobody grabs an at an opportunity without first saying to themselves, uh, a, what am I going to get out of it? And B, why wouldn't I want to do it? I mean, literally, that's how your mind approaches these things. Your mind right away says, oh, that's not really an opportunity. Oh, you're going to be embarrassed. Oh, you don't dress good enough to be an in, uh, uh, a, uh, influencer. You're too old to be an influencer. All those things, your mind starts throwing out at you right away even though if you sat back for just a moment and looked at the opportunity, you'd realize a couple of things. Number one, it is likely something that you wanted to do your entire life anyway. Number two, by achieving that, you will have put the equivalent of a feather in your cap. You would have accomplished something that you may not have accomplished before and now have the conf confidence to do again. I said I couldn't write a book. Now my name is on three of them, and in a very in a relatively short period of time. So think about when you are presented an opportunity, or when, independent of being presented an opportunity, you are considering an opportunity, which probably includes some change in your life. The first thing your mind is going to do automatically is try to protect you. You can't do this. You've failed at other things, you'll just fail at this. You're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not smart enough, you're not confident enough in yourself. That's how your mind works. And the first step that you have to take in taking advantage of an opportunity is overcoming not everybody else's obstacles that are being placed in front of you, but your own obstacles. And they're all in your head. And if you have a partner helping you through that, if you have someone not necessarily saying, oh, don't be silly, you can write a book, but saying, imagine what would happen if we wrote a book together. Imagine what would happen if we built a course together and getting you excited about it. Take a night, think about it, but let yourself overcome the obstacles that you're creating for yourself in order to pursue that opportunity. Is there a chance you're going to fail? Is there a chance you're not going to achieve what you expected? Yes. But the benefit, even if you don't achieve it, is that you're going to have learned more. You're going to have learned more about pursuing opportunities. You're going to have learned more about yourself and your strengths and your weaknesses. And you're going to have learned more about how one builds strengths and confidence and moves on through life. So there are benefits that your mind doesn't present to, your, to you. Your mind presents only the potential disastrous consequences of you pursuing an opportunity. Don't let that stop you. Go for it. When you have a partner helping you, it's much easier to go for it. That's right. So 
any relationship, it doesn't have to be a business partnership, but any partnership of any kind, any relationship, it could even be uh, working with us. You could be the relationship with us. Everybody brings something to the table. Look for the your partner's strengths and your own weaknesses and how you can complement each other. In one of our videos recently, I talked about, you know, Toby's an extrovert and I'm an introvert. And when we go places, he'll ask for things and I can, you know, talk to him and interpret situations. Uh, there's certain things that we are good at and certain things that we're not as good at, but we fill each other's blanks. We lift each other up and you can do the same. Bring what you have to the table. If you don't know how to create content, but you've got great ideas, well, that's what it takes. You know, we can provide the, the support to get those ideas out into the world. So be looking this week at your relationships and think about your strengths and your weaknesses and, and your partner or the other person in the relationship. What are their strengths and weaknesses? This could even be you know, a kid, one of your kids or a sibling or a parent, um, how can you fit together in a really complimentary way and lift each other up? I think it's important, as Shelly just said, in her way, uh, I'll say it in my way, and that is our tendency is to do things uh, on our own. And it depends whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. I, I, I'm almost... Uh, I'm almost certain it is dependent of, of, on whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, independent of whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. We have a tendency to attempt things on our own without the consideration that maybe this could happen or is more likely to happen if I did this with a partner. So one of the first things that you have to do, as again, Shelley suggest, su suggested, is look at your partner in terms of what do they have to offer to the relationship? And sometimes that partner may or not be, may or may not be the person who you're sharing your life with. It may or may not be your significant other. It may or may not be your husband or your spouse. It, it might may be somebody that you met once that you said to yourself, geez, I, you know, they think a lot like I do, or I like their ideas because they're different from mine. So when you start looking at a partner, start looking at it in terms of A, what is a partner? B, what is a partnership with that individual? And C, what is it that you think you could accomplish together if you broached the subject with them? And I think that's where it takes a certain amount of courage because you don't want to be, again, your mind starts setting up obstacles they're just going to shut you down. Establishing a partnership is much like getting into an intimate relationship that doesn't have the intimacy associated with. It has the same issues that you have to overcome in order to make that, that uh, relationship work. Shelly and I uh, are business partners, and we're very clear with people when they ask us because they'll go like, uh, are you two guys a thing? You know, they don't quite understand it. We say, no, we're business partners. Shelly is happily married to my good friend, Kevin, and I'm happily single. So it, you're going to have to have some of these same obstacles with establishing a partnership with someone that you would with any other kind of relationship, especially the intimate ones. Uh, and so don't let that bother you. Pre present it to them. If you're rejected, then it's rejection. And you say, okay, that wasn't the right one. Find the one that is right for you.
That's right. And stick with them when you find them. <laughs> Sometimes you have to go through some uh, rocky roads What's, to there's a, get there's to a, uh, There's a saying for that, really isn't there? There's a saying that you have to you have to get rid of the chaff to find the rice. What, what the wheat, the, you mean? I don't know. There's a saying for that. I'll, I'll but yeah, I think you understand what we're trying to say. There are some rocky roads uh, because, you know, everybody's different from everybody. Even if you grew up in the same town, like my husband and I did, we still have differences, you know. Um, Toby and I had some differences that we had to work out over the last 10 years. But we have now understand how each other works. And we even have started to see cycles of what we go through every year. You know, oh, we're doing too many shows. Let's get rid of some shows. And then we get rid of some shows. And, oh, we need to do this now. And we do, oh, let's add some shows in. And then we, <laughs> it's this cycle that we do. And it's really interesting to, oh, it's that time of year again, is it? You know, because the this, this same thing keeps coming up. But we have more patience with it now. We have more understanding with it now because we've spent this time together working through all of these things. No matter what the project was, we still have the same personalities mm -hmm. to work with. So we know where we're at. And it's been a lot of fun. If you, I used to tell my family, if you want to know where I am in any, at any given point in life, just look at the magazines that I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what my phase I'm in. Yeah. Now it's gotten to the point. If you want to know, look at your uh, Amazon. I was going to say, see, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, what's he buying this week? Yeah, yeah. If you want to see where my interest lies, just look at my Amazon account. Yeah, and see uh, exactly what what's what. Where is he going with this? You know, mm -hmm. what's he buying mm -hmm. this week? So that's really funny that you picked. Yep. That's a story I was going to see. Tell. How well we know each other after 10 years yeah, exactly. uh, of doing projects together and um, coming out the other side. And we still keep on keeping on. Well, uh, we've had as many successes. As, uh, well, let me put it the other way. We've had as many failures as we have successes, but we're still here, right? And we're still as enthused. I mean, we spend a lot of time when we're together discussing what do we want to do next? Or what do we want to do? <laughs> and it's got to involve content creation because yeah. that's the yeah. center that, core of what we do. I think that's do. what we agree on, right? Yeah. We love the content creation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as a result of the way that you've designed kind of our framework, the content creation leads to content distribution. But the, the, the one element that we both have in common is we're always excited about creating content. Then we just have to figure out, well, where do I fit? Where do, you know, where does Shelly fit? Where do we fit together? Uh, what works for us? What World Sand Project was probably a Toby project. What Shelly is doing with Shelly Carney Livestream Coach is definitely a Shelly uh, project. I don't feel, I don't, I, I neither get jealous nor, um, uh, you know, I don't feel like I have to be part of that program. I love watching her doing what she's doing, but I don't feel like I have to be there. Uh, in all of that. When when I watch Shelly on her Women Conquer Business program with Jen, Jen McFarland, it's the same thing. I feel, I don't feel like that that's something that she's doing really, really well. And I don't feel like I need to have a role in that. Could I? Could they invite? As a matter of fact, Jen invited me to take your place one show? Or am I making that up in my head? Yeah. You, yeah. When I had surgery. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I did a show with them. Well, um, you, no, you did a show with me when she was out one time back in, I think, May or June. Oh, is that what it was? May. I, I knew I was on the show once. I can yeah. remember it was with you or Jen. The point that I'm trying to make is that you're going to have things that you can find in common enough to do together. What we have in common already is women, uh, I'm sorry, women conquer business, is content creation. And then what we have to decide is where can we work together? Where can we work independently of one another? And why would we want to do that? Shelly has a, like her, her uh, persona is that coaching consulting persona. She's very good at it. She likes doing it. And that's why I think Shelly Carney, Livestream Coach, is such a good place for her. For me, being in the outdoors, being, doing things, driving every weekend to go someplace that I haven't been before, that's that's part of who I am. That's what I've always done. And so uh, New Mexico day trips was perfect a perfect solution for me. But Shelly has an interest in that as well. She always says, Let's keep doing this because it means we get out of the house at least once a week, <laughs> you know, right. uh, and we're not going to uh, the Albertsons to, to do that. We're going someplace. We're doing something. You know, when you're driving a 275-mile round trip, uh, you've got a lot to talk about. You've got a lot of time to fill with conversation. That's true. And so uh, it's good for us in a lot of different ways. We, we can talk about stuff. We can talk about other things that we may not have had a chance to do prior to that. And we're creating content. So it's fun for us. It is. And it could be fun for you too. So <laughs> that's the point of today's show is uh, if you need a partner, reach out. You know, we're here for you uh, to help you with your content marketing, content creation, building a YouTube channel, a podcast, a blog, uh, videos. We're, we, we love videos. So uh, if you... Also, want to get involved in loving videos? Reach out to us <laughs> at support. Write to us at support at AGK Media Studio or make an appointment to have a video chat with us at consulting.agkmedia.studio. And all of that information that we've been sharing with you uh, is down in scrolling across the bottom in the banner there. Everything you need to reach out to us is, uh, is there. And in the show notes. That's all we have for today. We'll be back again next week. It's getting closer to Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Check the calendar. Check calendar. Yeah, we can. So today's the 15th. Yeah, we can do shows next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Yeah. And we can do the week after that because uh, yeah, that's Christmas, Christmas and New Year's is on There's the weekend. There's no reason we'll take a break. Yeah. Why? I don't, we're why not going anywhere right now anywhere. other than day trips. Right. So we'll be, we'll be back next week. Tune in for that. And uh, have a great week. Check out. Who in your life could be, you know, your support system? Even if you're already married to them, you know. Make that content. Make content. That's kind of my... Make content. All right. Thanks for watching today, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices too. Check the show notes for links and resources and please come back again next week.